Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time to step inside the Octagon with your host, Ike Feldman. What's going on, fight fans? What's up, combat sports community? I'm joined by a internet friend. It was, uh, I learned this from Billy Q. You can say uh, you have internet friends. I guess you can have real life friends. Uh, you can e-meet somebody instead of meet somebody. But I'm joined with, I would call a colleague, Mr. Tom Clark. He is at the, and guys, I'm sorry. I'm like hyperventilating. I don't know why I just did like burpees before this. I'm about to burp. Anyway, but um, Tom, Mr. Clark can spike the ball, spike the rugby ball, the cricket ball, whatever the hell they play in South Africa, because my man was on the DDP. No, that isn't Diamond Dallas Page. We have moved on. The new generation is Drickus Duplessis. I'm learning. I'm Hopefully I'm saying it right. But Tom was on the DDP bandwagon from day one while Adesanya had the belt, while Strickland had the belt. And now this man in the lead up, I go, oh, my God, you know how many people are going to screenshot this man's tweets? Just waiting, waiting for him to be wrong. He wasn't. He was absolutely right. Tom, you look great. You look phenomenal. I heard that you just moved to Nashville. That's amazing. Dude, you're clicking on all cylinders. What's the secret sauce? Man, you aren't kidding. People had the screenshots and the bookmarks <laughs> ready. There were a lot of people that, uh, oh, man. I, so it all started with the Whitaker fight. I mean, that's when people really thought I was nuts because, I mean, he was a plus 350 at one point. No one thought he could win that fight. So that's when I was really called nuts. And then it, it still stuck to this one a little bit, but it wasn't quite as bad since the odds were a little bit more even. But, oh, yeah, man, you're not kidding. I had uh, I, so many people. I'm screenshotting this. I'm bookmarking this. Everyone was ready, but uh, I did my fair share of screenshots and bookmarks as well. So uh, I got a little bit of a laugh post-fight too. But, oh, yeah, man, it, it was great to see him win the belt. Uh, more than deserved. Uh, truly one of the nicest fighters I've ever met and talked with. So uh, I, I was really excited to see him win it. And, uh and cash some bets too, so I can't complain. I was just gonna ask, like, after all this like uh, support, I was gonna ask if maybe he reached out, maybe a team member reached out, maybe somebody tagged you, uh, but you did meet him. Uh, how was that experience? Oh, it was great. So I actually, uh, so he follows me on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. He retweets what? a bunch of my stuff. So like, he, he's certainly, he's certainly uh, a guy who, who's there for his fans. But uh, so it all started where, I, I mean, I knew this Rikus Duplessis guy. I've been watching UFC for years. But uh, I, I really noticed him after the, before, uh, he got the two great knockouts. Then there was that long layoff with visa issues. I think the Brad Tavares fight, uh, everyone started to notice him again because he had that great decision win where he started off real rough and then really picked it up later in the fight, got the win. And then the Darren Till fight as well. So I went to UFC 285 in uh in March, uh, the return of John Jones, got to see that fight, awesome fight, great card. And as many remember, he fought Derek Brunson on that card. So I, uh, it's post-fight, we're leaving the arena. Uh, me, my buddy I'm out there with, we're all super happy. John Jones won, the reason we went out there, it's all complete. We go to MGM, we cash in our bet slips for our John Jones wins, and I go back to the hotel and I see this big guy in a suit just pounding beers. And I said, and I said, is that DDP? I said, no way. And I had, uh, I had interviewed uh, Cameron Simon, 
uh, uh, Bantamweight prospect who trains at Team CIT with uh, Drikas. So I went over there and just started shooting the shit with him and probably talked to them for about 15, 20 minutes. And, uh, and, and he was really telling me, and it was just one of those conversations where you're like, man, this dude has a mentality. And after ta- meeting him and talking with him that night, I said, I'm not, I'm not doubting this guy. He told me, he said, my nose is a little messed up. I had mentioned the Costa fight to him. He said, dude, I'm not even thinking about Costa. He's like, I, I've beaten Till. I've beaten Brunson. That's two top 10 opponents. I want Whitaker next. And he got the Whitaker fight. And I really started supporting him with that one. He was victorious. And uh, we just kept it rolling in the UFC 297. Incredible, incredible. Not many fans can uh, uh, say they've ever met their hero. But as uh, being in the media, there's something to it about like attracts like. Like he could feel that, yeah, you're a big supporter, big fan of his work. But you're not going to be like, oh, my God, like DDP and run across like the hotel lobby. Um, man, it, it's pretty amazing. Uh you're just, like I said, day one DDP fan, man. I'm just like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it that it actually happened. And, and like, I'm happiest for you. Like when uh, my, one of my friends, uh, a, a real friend, a real friend, uh, when he, uh, Francis Ngannou gets all the accolades, like I always reach out to him to get his thoughts. Man, you are forever going to be connected to DDP and everybody with the screenshot or the AKA receipts can throw them out. Um, but more importantly, man, you're clicking on all cylinders. I'm happy to hear that you are in Nashville. You got out of the cold Northeast. And, uh, I, I assume that that's where you maybe find your future baby mama in those Daisy Dukes and blonde hairs and tall beers down there. Uh, this is what you have to look forward to during doing burpees three minutes before a video call and messed up hair once you have kids. So you'll be able to enjoy that in the comfort of the Nashville sun, uh, talk to me about your life, man. How, how is, uh, what, what inspired you to get out of uh, the Northeast? So I, I'm actually a little south of Nashville. I'm in Tennessee, but not, not quite Nashville, but it's not a long drive at all. So I go to Nashville pretty regularly. I, uh, man, growing up, I mean, I'm the youngest of eight kids. Uh, so, uh, growing up, I was always the one who was able to go out there and shovel and all that kind of stuff. I grew up about 45 minutes to an hour North of Boston. So, uh, dude, so many years of shoveling and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I always told myself, man, I hate the cold weather. Once I get old enough, I'm leaving. And, uh, man, I really never thought I would have the stones to do it. But uh, but a couple of years ago, I uh, I was 19 at the time. I said, you know what, man? I said, if I don't leave now, I'm never leaving. And, uh, yeah, 2021, I moved down here to Tennessee. And, uh, oh, man, I love it. It's great. Uh, you still get the seasons. It's not quite Florida where it's hot all the time. But, uh winters are far less mild uh we did get some snow last week but that's the first real snow we've gotten in the two and a half years i've lived here so it's uh it's good i love it down here so i can't complain at all easy going people like yourself but hard working uh have you find have you found yourself some titan gear yet have we gotten to that point (laughs) never never gonna happen never gonna happen i mean it's it's patriots till i die boston sports till i die no, no, what is it? The Predators? No, none of that. None. Yeah, no Predators. I'll go watch them while the Bruins are in town. That's about okay. it. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, man, it I, I got to go down there. It was around UFC 225. I remember I was in the airport. It was June. It was hot. I was watching the Colby RDA fight. Who it's crazy how his career has unfolded, but um yeah man good vibes down there cheap beer delicious food like what more can a casual guy like yourself ask for oh man uh have you noticed uh 
I'm sure you've noticed, but DDP loves him some beer chugging challenges. <laughs> well, that's really what drew me to him when I saw him in the lobby is, is I've met so many fighters, man. Like I go to events and I meet fighters at most of them just because I've been to a couple. I know the tricks, as some would say, to, to meet these guys and all that. And I'm just walking through, and I said, no way. Dude, this dude's pounding tall boy Modelo's. And I say, no way. This dude just fought. And I said, that's a guy I want to go talk to. So I went over and just kind of, like I said, it, it wasn't one of those fan meets fighter, and I'm just like peeking out to see him. I've met so many of these fighters. I know how to talk to them without them feeling like I'm just there for a moment. And I really just I went over. I said, first of all, man, congratulations on an awesome win. Top 10, great. And then we just kind of shot the ship for a little bit from there. And, yeah, it was awesome. I, I definitely feel that they can feel that uh, I've seen a lot of, uh, I'm sure you've seen it in the MMA Twitter space, man. There's, there could be people that just leech. They want a photo so they can just post it on their cover or their profile photo. And then that justifies their horrible takes or their horrible videos. And they're, they're trying to like uh, build their brand off that. It's they real respects, real man. It's like, you're a real man. You speak well, sound well. I'm, I'm sure they're, they can just, they can sense it. They can sense somebody who's maybe insecure. You, my friend, coming from a big family, being one of the youngest, I'm sure you've been in a couple of tussles in the Clark household. Uh, but I'm just I'm happy to know you, man. Before you get all the uh, the hundred thousand followers and you're on MMA fighting, because come on, people, it's like the Mr. Tom Clark at T Clark. Uh, what is that? Five or is that a L? I see, yeah, the fourth. Thomas Clark the fourth. Thomas Clark the fourth on Twitter. Man, you are super talented. How's it going with the uh, – have, have you been picked up by a website, a blog? Is anybody uh, noticing the talents? Like, Because, dude, I, I think you're like a savant. You speak well, you sound well, and you know your crap. So I, I, I had an offer in the summer, and I really accepted it. But after a couple of weeks, man, I had to just politely decline. I mean, I, uh, I love Don't MMA. You? I watch it as much as I can. But my biggest thing is, man, is I uh, – I, I still work. I still work a bunch. I mean, I'm a younger guy, so I look at it. I'm, I'm going to work my ass off, stack the money now so I can retire when I'm a little bit, well, I'm not old old and decrepit. So I, uh, I, I was working a little bit too much just to be able to fulfill the duties that would be required to, uh, to work with a site. But uh, I, I have nothing but great things to say, but uh, about, I had some people reach out to me and I would have loved the opportunity. It's just been the lack of time and to recently move in and just stuff like that. I just, I, I didn't have it. I've uh, in the last year, dude, I've lost like a, a, about a hundred pounds in the last year. So yep. I'm working out most days. So it's just like, I didn't have the time to put into it the right way. So it wasn't worth going in half ass and taking that spot from somebody else. You know what I mean? Have you thought about an internship at a radio station, man? You behind the mic talking to thousands would just be like, come on, man. You, you got a voice of gold and you're extremely knowledgeable. I'm sure you could talk Tennessee football if you had to. So this is the hilarious thing is some, when I started doing like my MMA show kind of last year, and it was just kind of a passion project for fun. But I had so many people growing up. It was always like basketball, football. And I got an MMA young but I didn't have many people to talk about because back late two thousands, no one was watching it, but I, uh, man, basketball, football, baseball, I would talk it all day to anyone who would listen. And I remember all my dad's old friends. They said, obviously up North it's Neston. They said, we're going to see you on Neston one day. You're going to be talking sports. So it's hilarious. Everyone tells me that, but, uh, haven't done it quite yet, but maybe something in the future. Oh my God. It's there, man. That's like prodigy crap. That'd be like the, the McGregor story. Like we're not here to take part. We're here to send you to commercial break type of thing. Like 
<laughs> I could see it. I could totally see it. Um, why? Now, we've seen this before, this script. A pretty boy middleweight shocks the world, puts on an amazing performance, and wins in the name of Luke Rockhold, circa 2015 over my boy, Chris Wiseman. Um, why is DDP not going to be a one-hit wonder? Uh, I, I think it's two. I think there are a couple factors, obviously, and I think it would be tough at this point to call him a one-hit wonder because he did just beat not only Robert Whitaker, who had only lost, who had only lost twice in eight years, one of them being a razor-close split decision, but both of those losses being Izzy are not split unanimous, but it was a very close fight, and then just beat another world champion who just dog walked uh, one of the greatest middleweights of all time, and Sean Strickland went with what he did to Israel Adesanya. So I, I think it's. The big thing is that Drikas is still so young and in his prime. And then the other thing, and this is no shade to Rockhold. I think Rockhold's great. But the two biggest things with Rockhold were the chin was a serious issue. And I also just think, I mean, between the modeling and all that, I didn't think Luke gave it his all. He was very skilled. I don't give it his all. Like I said, what made me so confident in Drikas is when I met him and talked to him, it was, I can't pick against this guy. This guy just has a way he's speaking about himself, a self-belief mixed with, I really think this year is going to really showcase. His coach uh, is really a, a guru, Coach Mornay Visser down there at Team CIT. And what he's doing is very impressive. I mean, when, when have we ever seen a guy who's an orthodox fighter in the biggest fight of their life, and their coach makes him go fight Southpaw? It sounds crazy, but it crumbled Robert Whitaker. I mean, we saw what it did. So it's like his coach is really, really knowledgeable. I'm not. That's not saying Luke's coaches weren't as well. I just, I really think Drikas has a hunger. And uh, I said, uh, I, me, me and one guy on Twitter are always joking. He's got that eye of the tiger. So uh, I, I really think that's just that, the skill. He's only 30 years old. Jeff turned 30 last week. So, man, I really think he could uh, he could get a couple defenses and then maybe even go up to 205. We'll see. Whoa, is this is this from uh, is this inside knowledge or is this no, just studying no, his career? No, that's, I'm just saying what he said at the press conference. How do you think he would fare against the 205 Pajeda? Uh, I mean, Pajeda, I think he'd fare great. I mean, Pajeda's ground game is very limited. Don't get me wrong. Uh, arguably the greatest striker on the planet right now. But right. Uh, his ground game is very, very limited. And uh, what I was telling a lot of people before the Sean fight is they said, Brendan Allen couldn't get Sean down. Like all these good wrestlers, they don't get him down. How's Drikas going to do it? And I said, a certain aspect of it is technique. He's got decent technique. But the biggest thing with Drikas is people don't realize how strong he is for 185. And I think we really saw that in the Strickland You sure fight. about that, man? He is the vanilla gorilla. Now people are realizing it after these last two fights. But it's it's been there. Like, I mean, if you were seeing what he was doing against Till, like it was just brute strength. So I think people are really starting to realize it now. And I, I think he'd match up very well against Pajeda. I think uh, I'd lean submission. But uh, th that's just my personal take on it. Do you think we get a sniff? At the Adesanya DDP matchup, I mean that's like that's low. I think that's what's next. UFC. I think uh, I think the UFC they had mentioned three hundred. I think what Drake has proved after two ninety is he's not going to be bullied into taking fights unless he if he's not ready. We saw that when he get forego his title shot after two ninety. He said my 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 legs messed up, my foot's messed up. I'm not fighting her, and it, it worked out for him. So I don't think he rushes. Uh, it's USD 300 is about two and a half months away. But what people don't realize is he has to fly to South Africa, which is about a 18, 24 hour trip. And then what he's also got to do 
is he's got to go to, to wherever he's fighting about two weeks before. So, I mean, that's, that's three weeks, right? That's a two and a half weeks of traveling. Right, right? Without even recovering. Without even recovering or a camp. So I really don't think 300 would be beneficial. If you ask me dream world, I think you do him versus Adesanya in Africa. I think it's the perfect fight to bring to Africa, but we'll see what happens. Again, we are being joined by Mr. Tom Clark on Twitter at T Clark the fourth. Are you on uh, Instagram? I am. It's uh, T underscore Clark IV. Excellent. Man, what are your thoughts on uh, UFC 300 right now? It's obviously a fun card, a solid card. Are we going to get the – and I, I don't like uh, – my dog's knocking over the screen screen. He's killing me. <laughs> are we going to I, – I don't think that was a major rabbit in the hat. And I and it sucks because it's going to take away from what Kayla uh, – a debut from uh, a fighter of Kayla Harrison's caliber would be. If it was like UFC 299 or UFC 301, I think the number kind of takes away for, yes, I understand having John Jones on UFC 100 and potentially 200 and having uh, Bo Nickel on 300. You kind of have these blue chip athletes that you're building around. And Kayla, we can look back in four years when she's defended the belt seven times and be like, oh, she started there. But I just, I think the timing is a little bad everybody's waiting for the diaz mcgregor three everybody's waiting for the ronda misha tate three like brock lesnar dc like some crazy crazy cm punk versus jake paul like i think we're waiting for that in my opinion what are your thoughts on ufc 300 as a whole moving forward and if there's anything else you'd like to see so, so as a guy who's watched UFC 100, UFC 200, and going to watch UFC 300, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed that Conor McGregor's not the head. I think he's earned that right. I think it would have been perfect scenario. Returns after two and a half years from this horrific leg injury, all that. I think it would have been just written in the stars perfect, whether it be against Diaz. The thing with the McGregor fight is it don't matter who it's against. It's going to sell sure. one to two million pay-per-views. So I think that I, I think I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed if it's not him. But there are still several other great fights, and I think it'll be an awesome card. A lot of people forget with Connor Nate falling off and John versus DC falling off, UFC 200 kind of underwhelmed a little bit too. So between that and the wacky yellow canvas, I still think UFC 300 can uh, can surpass 200. But I think uh, the big thing we run into is, of course, if Connor's not on it, that's going to be a letdown in a lot of fans' minds. And then the other big thing, in my opinion, is uh, I feel like they almost shot themselves in the foot by stacking 299 as well as they did, because 299 is so damn stacked that it's almost going to, if 300's not much better, people are going to look at it as a letdown, unfortunately, which 300 will still be a great card. But if it's not a lot, if people have been looking at for it for so long. If it's not better than 299, the UFC may have shot themselves in the foot there. Would you be happy with the rematch, Nate Diaz, Leon Edwards, as the main event? Would that just seal the deal? Uh, I don't know about that one. I mean, I think I can think of a couple fights I'd prefer over that one. But of course, uh, of course. But uh, I, I think I think Edwards versus Muhammad gets on there. I don't think I it's know, the main event. I know. I no offense to Muhammad. No offense. I'm like. 
Well, I just, I look at it the same as I did the Leon Colby fight. Everyone asked me with that fight, they're like, do you have these high expectations? I said, no. I said, you got two guys who don't finish fights on a regular basis going at it. I don't think it'll be a great fight. And I ended up being right. And I, I really like the law. I feel like he doesn't get the credit he deserves from the MMA community. So I really like him for that aspect, but we don't need to pretend him or Leon are showstoppers. So I'd love to have them on the card as a co-main or something like that. But I'd really love a big time main event, a Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, a Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler, uh, Alex Pajeda versus Jamal Hill. Like any of those fights would be perfect. Is this is this a negotiation tactic on Conor's part by all of a sudden making up a June 29th card by laughing like he's Dr. Evil while he's swishing wine? Is he is this a negotiation tactic? Or are people like truly, I feel like uh, Hawani and his cast, uh, they broke down for 30 minutes that video and they're like, yeah, the, oh, we got a new date to look forward to. Nobody even thought that this was like him trying to get the UFC to shake shake uh, the jeans a little more to get a couple of coins and dollars out of them, maybe like two to five more million dollars on top. Uh, what are your thoughts? Is he completely out of the picture for UFC 300? I don't think so. I don't think it's likely, but to call it out of the picture would be crazy because Connor has said that Connor did say that date, which I think would be UFC 302 if I'm doing my math correctly. But at the same time, Dana said Connor isn't confirmed for UFC 302. So, I mean, I think that would be the perfect scenario. Do I think it happens? Probably not. Do I still think there's a slight chance? And would that be the greatest thing ever? Yes. I mean, was he, he's, he's, I feel like he's given something away with the middleweight. That's a complete joke, right? Like it has to be. I mean, a middleweight would make no sense. I think uh I think he's found his sweet spot at, at 70 where he's not having to cut too much. And we saw in the second eight fight, he was able to keep a little bit of cardio into the later rounds. So I think a guy who's had issues with cardio in the past, pack on more muscle, don't think it's the best idea. But hey, he's Connor. He can kind of do what he wants. So uh, we'll see what happens with it. And he's Tom Clark the fourth. He can do what he wants. I just noticed the shirt, man. Nice. Yes, sir. Still knocks. Let's go. Thank you for pulling that out for the Iktagon. Um, man, my biggest thing was 2020, where it was McGregor, Cowboy, UFC 246, January, a couple of months before the UFC shut down. He looked like a proper welterweight, not what we saw at UFC 196 or UFC 202 against the, the Nate Diaz series of fights in 2016. Against Cowboy, he looked filled out. He had the uh, the the killing them softly, Brad Pitt hair going. He, he did that kick behind Cowboy's guard, the whole shoulder thing, and then just finished it. Like It was like 50, 60 seconds, something like that. I was like, oh, my God, this is the welterweight. He said, I'm going to be – or he's like, I got three knockouts in three different divisions, UFC history. I was like, oh, my God, is he one fight away from a title? Is he going to get a – world shuts down. He comes back one year later, Abu Dhabi, gets knocked out by Dustin, then hurts his leg the fight after. And I was like, man, that was the sweet spot. The rumor was – According to an interview that he did with Hawani in the lead up to 246, the cowboy fight was that he wasn't drinking. He took off for three months. And I was like, oh, my God, he figured out he's back. He's like he's tamed the lion. He did his party and he was a mess with the Khabib camp. And I was like, he's back. And man, the world shut him down. Do you think Conor McGregor can ever get back to like where we saw him against cowboy? Or is he just going to just be 
Money McGregor, is he going to be fighting Jake Paul in two years? What are your thoughts on uh, playing the chessboard out with Mr. McGregor? Do I ever think he'll get back to prime Connor? Unfortunately not. I just, I'd, I'd love to say so, and I hope it happens, but I feel like it would just be a tad impractical after a horrific leg break and just aging two and a half years in there. And there's also that famous quote, it's hard to get up when you're sleeping in silk sheets. So it's, uh, I would love nothing more than him to get back like that, to get dedicated to the game like he once was. The only issue is, is with how fighting's evolved in his best, beat the best that's going on right now and i think in the poirier fight we saw maybe not unfortunately do i still think connor can go out there get some great wins would i still pick him against uh, nate diaz would i still line the fight with michael chandler close to a pick him 100 percent. do i think he can beat the islam mahashevs of the world probably not but I, I i'd love to see it if he can you were at john jones's last fight yep will you be at his next fight does he have a next fight? Is he ever going to fight again? Is depends is where it's at. I'm always down to I'm always down to go to fights. So it all just depends what it's at. I did uh I did his fight uh, last year in March. I went to UFC Nashville in August. So I'm always down to go to some fights. So if they uh, if they put together, if it's in a location I like, I'll, I'll try my best to be there. You saw you saw one of my local boys, Dennis Bazookia, get beat up by Sean Woodson. Sean Woodson, he's got his own like little Nate Diaz, like uh, like he's bringing in an airplane like to land type of style. I respect it. Uh, yeah, man, I have to go down there for a UFC uh, UFC Nashville event. It'd be awesome. Speaking man, of Dennis, too, what made that card so great in the Nashville was uh, obviously the card was overall pretty good. We kind of got a stinker there in the main event with a. Uh, Sandman just wrestling Rob Font, which should have been a good fight, kind of got right. But really, heard about the tricep. There was a tricep, right? It was. So we can cut him some slack there. But really, the highlight was meeting up with Longo and the team after got some. No way! way. Did I see this? I had interviewed Ray, so got to got to got to say hello in person. And Rob, all the guys were there, so it was uh, it, it was cool to say hi to everyone at the hotel incredible incredible i'm telling you guys real recognizes real if the the law mma guys give tom a pass everybody should give him a pass man those are tough cookies they feel you out like you're you're a made man like hey is this guy is he a knock is he influence is he an informant who does he work for like uh whitey bulger type of stuff shout out to a boston boston reference uh what's your favorite massachusetts movie uh i just saw believe it or not what was the oh my god now i'm forget um uh, oh my god don't what's the matt damon robin williams how did i forget wait uh, give me one word goodwill hunting. goodwill hunting oh my god i was gonna say like hunter something hunter mountain uh what's your favorite new england based movie and that's tough i mean we got so many I, I mean the town's a classic i love it goodwill hunting's great mystic river there's so many good ones man i mean uh, I actually really like too. I like Black Mass. I think Johnny. Uh, I think Johnny Depp did a great job as Whitey Bulger. So there are so many. I mean, uh, I love the town growing up. So I'll probably say the town for now. But I mean, there are so many good ones. I can't. Uh, it's tough to pick one. I'm gonna go with the hipster pick, uh, The Crucible. Good, great one too. <laughs> Shout outs to Arthur Miller. Um, yeah, man. Uh, what was it? Uh, John Jones is is Stipe going to wait for that fight, or is he going to cave in and fight Tom Aspinall in twenty twenty? I think Stipe waits. I think uh, I think he waits. I know uh, Tom said uh, 
I think yesterday that they offered Stipe to fight. He declined. I think uh, as much I don't really think Stipe deserves the fight, I think the fact that he knows he can get it, I don't think he'll take anything else. He's going to make three to four times more fighting John Jones than he would anybody else. And it's going to be, if he can win that, that does much more for his name than beating Tom Aspinall. And that's also where I feel with uh, with John is John is at a point where it's really tough. And you know you're at a great uh, high level of greatness where any fight he fights right now is a lose-lose option. John's already the GOAT. John has accomplished everything. The only thing that could happen now is if John loses, people will make excuses. But let me ask you, if John beats Stipe, what are people going to say? Stipe's old, Stipe's washed. If John beats Aspinall, they're going to say, oh, well, he didn't really beat anybody. He just beat Pavlovich. So, I mean, no matter what John does, I think John put it great. He said, everyone's supposed to be the guy to beat John Jones. And then when I beat them, they're not good anymore. And that's what people always say. So, I mean, John's in a tough spot where no matter what he does, it's not really going to do much for him. But I do really want to see him get that off into the sunset victory. I think it's a hard sell for John and his team to get amped up for a Pavlovich or an Aspinall or a real gone again at this point, like, or tied to Ivasa throwing any tier two heavyweight you want in there. Um, I, I think the selling point, the money that is the greatest heavyweight of all time, UFC to the 307 or uh, the greatest light heavyweight of all time. It sells itself. It makes a lot of sense at this exactly. point in his career. He doesn't have to fight three times, uh, even though he did it pretty recently. And no, that's about five years ago, 2019. Isn't that crazy to say, man? Isn't that crazy? to say? <laughs> wow. That was not recently. That's a half decade ago. Um, yeah, I, I think it's Stipe. I think Stipe waits out, like you said, at this point, just cash in two to three times more than anybody else is going to make for that fight. Do we ever – come on, Tom, put on your put on your straw hat, put on your thinking, your Merlin the Wizard hat. Do we ever get John Jones versus Francis Ngannou in a cage? Nope, unfortunately not. What? I think uh, You can't see it happening. <laughs> I, I can't. I think uh, I think the Stipe fight is going to be a double retirement fight. I think John. Uh, I think John wow. hangs up right after. I think he has nothing else to prove. He beats a guy who he's always wanted to beat. I mean, that's the thing that's clear in this Stipe fight is that's a guy that John's always wanted to fight and always wanted to beat. That's why it's happening. And uh, I, I think uh, I think he beats Stipe. I think he uh, I think he hangs it up after that. And I think uh, Tom Aspinall will fight the winner of Curtis Blades versus Jailton Almeida for the vacant belt after. Jailton Almeida, sleeper heavyweight, man. Yes, he is the next generation. I would even like to see him back at light heavyweight. That'd be fun. I agree. Man, in my opinion, uh, I'm doing all – maybe it's because I'm I'm in the the vacuum of boxing, studying old-school boxer right now, getting a, like a – a, a lesson in uh, the 1980s heavyweights, the 70s heavyweights, and obviously the the late 90s, early 2000 heavyweights. You have the George Foreman, Lennox Lewis, Evander Holyfields, dude. They fight 37, 38, 41 years old. That's why I'm like, I won't put it past them. What is Francis 37, John Jones 36, uh, maybe a 41 year old versus a 40 year old MSG type of vibes. Like I feel like. The UFC needs to go through their whole like Frazier Ali Liston era of MMA. And it might ha- like I am not completely sold that Daniel Cormier is retired. 
Like, I think he's been grinding so much that if a John Jones fight was there at heavyweight or a Brock Lesnar fight was there, that he might come out of retirement. You know, it's one of those things that, what, what do you hear? That Ronda Rousey is happy. She's never been more happier. She's always training. She doesn't have the stress of cutting weight. Maybe she feels good. You never freaking know in the fight game. These are some crazy people. And I would have liked to see it in the ball sports, baseball, basketball, football, where an athlete can take off and come back. Dude, George Foreman took off 10 years, 28 to 38 years old, and came back and won world championships. So I won't put it past anybody. Obviously, Dana is a boxing fan, so uh, he is also the promoter. So it could just be promoter speak, but I would love to see Francis Ngannou versus John Jones. For you, my man, I would love to hear you lay out some 2024 goals. What do you got for me? Uh, overall goals for 2024? Uh, yes, sir. Let's say, uh, like I said, I lost near 100 pounds in 2023. I'd like to lose another another 70 to 80 pounds, and I'll be right where I want to be. Uh, so that, that would be the first goal. Uh, I'd obviously love to start making MMA content again. Uh, I've kind of... I've gotten all moves, all that kind of stuff. So I'd love to get back in the hang of things, start making MMA content again. And uh, I, I just keep, I'd love to keep the winning slips going. Uh, I don't know if I cast pretty good on Drikas. So I'd love to uh, keep that momentum going into the new year. So uh, those, those are a couple goals right there. And uh, catch at least another one to two UFC cards in person. That would be another one too. Incredible. If I get my ass down to Nashville, Tennessee, you better drive that hour north uh or south i forget which coordinate yeah it's it's north oh dude i'll get up there i'll, I'll look for i'll take any excuse i can to go to that <laughs> my brother Amazing. my brother came down a couple months ago he said dude i'm in a conference till seven we're gonna chill for a couple hours i said i'll be there i don't care let's do it i'll wow. look for any excuse i love nashville tom you are a man's man that's why i don't know what the hell you're doing in the mma twitter sphere <laughs> it's you're you're too real for most of the people and Dude, your time will come. I'm telling you, Nesson or whatever the heck type of network they got down there, I, I could see you on in the future. You're young in the game. Make that money. Find that Nashville honey. And I'm not talking about any sweets, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Things will happen, brother. Uh, just great catching up with you. And uh, thank you for the insider view and the, the, wonderful, uh, the wonderful UFC takes. Oh, man. Thanks for having me on. I always love talking MMA. Always love talking with you, Ike. And, uh, yeah, great to reminisce over a great 2023 in MMA. And we started off uh, not the best pay-per-view, but the main event went how I wanted. So it made it a great pay-per-view in my mind. So uh, we get we got three more stacked ones coming up with uh, 298, 299, 300. So it's going to be a good year. And yeah, man, thank you again so much for having me on. If you can make it out to Las Vegas for 300, I, uh, I'll be out there, brother. But, um... Hell yeah, man. I'll see you about making the trip. We'll see what happens. You might have to give Kayla Harrison some uh, tips on how to lose that much weight. <laughs> ah, dude, it's going to be a tough cut. I was talking about that with someone. I said, man, it's going to be rough. But apparently Dana went on Instagram Live today and said she's done like three or four test cuts and she can make the weight well. So it'll be interesting to see. Interesting, interesting. All right, Tom. Well, I know you're busy, man. Thank you again for the time, brother. My pleasure, man. Pleasure talking to you, Ike.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.